I invite you to find a comfortable, safe place, void of any distractions. Encouraging you to sit or lie down, whichever is comfortable to you. Breathing in, exploring any tensions in the body, breathing out, surrendering any judgments. As you continue to breathe in and breathe out, I invite you into your physical body, your body. Taking one breath in and one breath out, transitioning now to your heart. Gently scanning your emotions, allowing yourself to feel. Breathing in and breathing out, you move into the thoughts, removing all judgment and simply becoming the observer. Breathing in, examining, looking, and simply accepting your thoughts. Breathing out. And with no rush and no urgency, coming back to this moment, this place, and this time. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Mr. Fungus, where we talk about the festival life, the beauty of recreational use, and all the healing that can come through exploring. Mr. Fungus, it's great to see you. It's great to hear you. Hello. <laughs> Mr. Fungus. Yep, that's me. I'm. Uh, How are you coming I'm... in? I'm grateful to be here. I feel really honored to be a part of the podcast and I'm excited to share my story. Well, we're talking about something and you and I have worked together for some time now. What, almost five years? Uh, not that. It feels like five years. I don't think it's been that long. Well, I remember we're talking psychedelics, so it could be like eons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been, I've been doing psychedelics for 14 years now so like ever since i was i was like 16 or so yeah and the invitation right 14 years that's beautiful what was the invitation and how did you end up accepting it and taking this journey for so long so when i was at when i was a child i went through horrible anxiety horrible anxiety and then I got on, on SSRIs, just the super low dose, and that stabilized me for a long time. And then from there, I I watched my brain chemistry change and my view of the world change. And I I was fascinated by then joining into the musical community and seeing people alter their mind states with substances and I was I was fascinated by it 
And so that's kind of what drove me to, to explore psychedelics. And I spent a long time during like my teens and early twenties experimenting with, with different psychedelics. And some of them resonated with me. Some of them didn't. And I learned a lot, had good experiences and bad experiences. And now I've kind of, I've settled into the things I like, you know, and I feel like I've found a good rhythm. You bring up a super valid point and I'm so appreciative of this idea that you test things out, you accept them, the good, the bad, acknowledging them and also finding your home in a sense. When I hear you talk about the psychedelics that you have explored and where you are Mm. finding yourself today, can you tell me a little bit about this home that you're finding now and this rhythm? Home. Yeah. And home is not a place, you know, it's a, it's a place in your mind that you get to of confidence in yourself and comfortability. So, and, and it's interesting because, you know, the, the, the bad experiences that I've had are the quote unquote bad trips as well as the good, as well as the good trips have all brought me to this home slash homeostasis that I have now. And I think all of them are crucial in bringing me to where I am now, which I'm, I'm very happy at in my, my current homeostasis. I like homeostasis you, better than home. <laughs> I do. I, I enjoy that. And thank you for taking that on. And for you and I to clear up, your motivation of working with these isn't necessarily to go at it in this new renaissance of psychedelic therapy, right? Lying on a couch, eye blinders on in some sterile room. You're sharing with me much more the recreational, potentially out in festivals or outside. Can you elaborate on your personal journey around this? So where I'm at now, I haven't delved too deeply into the, 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 you know, sit on the couch and, and do psychedelics and dive into yourself. But I, I go out into the world and, and, and do that and dive into myself. So elaborating more, I guess, on the festival experience and doing things out in the world. You have found alignment in exploring psychedelics at a level that is engaging in dance music Mm. the conversation of community is huge from what i understand between what you and i talk about yeah this collective of sorts right yeah that brings me a lot of therapy being able to go out get out of my comfort zone out of my house and while i still have a a tether to a, a home base wherever i'm camped at it provides a nice challenge for me to go out in the world and integrate psychedelics into that musical setting. And while I'm there, I can, I can process a lot of things and work through a lot of things. And, and like I was talking with you last week where I was at a, a show and taking a a larger than normal dose of psychedelics and dancing in the crowd and feeling all these thoughts come up from the past 
and or current issues in my life and being able to dance them out and feeling them leave my body in a sense. And that's been super therapeutic. Being able to have Say that. more about that, that emotion I just witnessed in hearing your voice. What happened when you reflected on dancing out those experiences, those memories? Oh, it's so it, it it's so difficult to contain in words. I, I I remember specifically a concert I went to where there was some discord in the friend group of who I was going with. And so I was a little anxious and I, and I, and I, and I dosed and I got to the show and danced and something about, something about taking LSD and dancing opened up the corridor for that, that physical movement to move emotions in my body. And to like let a passage out, and and it's like I can dance anywhere else, and and oh cool, I'm tired, my body's tired, but in that setting there was so much going on in my mind that seemed to be like I said a conduit, like a river flowing out into physical energy, and like oh, and then I left that show feeling so much more at peace with my relationship with the friend I went with and with the friends that were like, ah, don't go with that friend. That's tremendous. You're telling me that this embodiment in a way too, the dance, the music also gave you a catalyst to follow process. Process. process yes. Yes. And that's, I think that's one of the, the greatest things about acid for me, LSD, um, is the, it gives me the ability, or it doesn't give me the ability. It opens up the, the doors to look at myself a little more and process. Yeah. And you and I always talk about this and I want to hear your elaboration on it, but healing trauma does not have to be traumatic. Mm. And when I hear yeah. you say process, you're processing things. It's not as if you're like, oh, processing the day. You are processing some deep interpersonal relationships. You're processing your personal healing, your biographical story. And what I'm hearing from you also is understanding the collective, understanding the community at large. Can you speak about how that resonates for you? Mm, yeah. Well, the, the the first thing that came up to when you're talking about processing and it, it doesn't have to be traumatic was just the other weekend going to a show and I I caught myself hold I was tripping in the crowd and I caught myself holding myself and I was like any other time I would just I, I wouldn't have been connected as much to my body and my body language. And I looked at myself and I was like, what, what, what am I doing? What am I, why am I holding my body? What am I worried about? And I realized how worried about everybody else I was. And there, is everybody else doing okay? Is everybody, and, and obviously that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing to do is to, to care about others, but not at the cost of your own mental health. And it was just a nice little window. And I was like, oh, 
And so then I turned to a friend that was next to me and just asked them very point blankly, like, is everything going good? You having a good time? And they, yeah. And then I looked back at myself and I was able to let go and fully embrace my own trip. And I don't, sometimes I get locked into that, that, that thinking. That feeling of taking care of others before yourself or worrying too much about yes. what others are doing. Yes. And it doesn't have to be that particular feeling, but being caught in a feeling and, and then taking dose can be like, you kind of step out of your body a little bit or out of your mind. And you can look and you see like, why am I doing that? That's perfect. That's really perfect. And there's, Did that there's answer some... your question? It's kind of a little tangent. Well, it's always tangent. And that's what I love about this work. And you're exemplifying that. You're really articulating it perfectly as you go in with Ooh. an intention. Go ahead. Oh, I had a thought come into my mind because you also talked about community. And growing up, community was a huge thing for me. And then when I was, you know, early teens, late single digits, my community was kind of ripped away from me and I was alone for a long time. And one thing that's been super healing is to go to these festivals and, and this is completely besides, doesn't even have to do with psychedelics not so much, but going to these festivals and being around community. And then that's healing. And I think when I, when I do acid in those situations, it sinks deeper inside of me and I can feel like more appreciative of the good community that I, I, I had manifested or created or orchestrated. And listening to this, are you developing a deeper sense of trusting the community and acknowledging and respecting the community that you're creating and that you have the power to engage with? There, there comes, I think, uh, a deeper understanding and respect for community, but there's also the flip side of that coin where I, I've come to understand myself more and respect myself more because certain Sometimes I'll go to a festival and it'll be a community of people. And I'm like, I just don't jive with this community. And at certain points, you know, I, I, I look at myself and I think, okay, what's wrong with me? Why am I not working with this community? And as I've gotten older and found more of these wonderfully divine experiences with people that I really resonate with, I realize there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me in that situation. It's just like, I don't quite fit as well within this community and that's okay. And it's a lot of self-acceptance, a lot of trust in self, no? Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's me that's done the work. I've done the work and I feel like dose is just the conduit to help me see a little bit. That's very refreshing, that conduit, dose, LSD, psychedelics. You found it to be a catalyst, a conduit to your exploration of yourself. Yeah. And yeah, tell me more about that. As you're building it, you know that it's a support, it's a supplement, but it's not the only thing you need is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, yes, it's not the only thing. And, and, I, and I've done that. I've done trips at home 
or in more isolated circumstances, and I don't come away with a glow or a feeling of, of wonder. You were just saying, and I love this. How do you come into so much grace with the community taking LSD versus, say, doing it on your own or by yourself? What are you gaining from doing this in the festival versus for someone that would say, oh, I want to do it isolated by myself? It's it presents challenge doing psychedelics in this community setting and group setting that especially in a festival where it's very chaotic, a music festival is very chaotic. Getting into that setting puts me out of my comfort zone. And then when I can get out of my comfort zone for a week, a weekend, and find a new comfort zone, it's wonderful. Because you take that back to the real world. And so all these these weird occurrences that happen at festivals and odd things and uncomfortability that you work through, I get to take it home with me. and have it affect my real life and and real situations that's beautiful. not that not that the festival is in a real situation but some of it can seem kind of like fairyland out there well isn't it all a dream and what we're talking about is it real anyways that is a valid point and at the end of the day there's a lot of beauty in that too i know for myself going on tour listening to a band or following a concert you get lost in the archetype of the collective you can connect with deeper energies there's so many more energies that you're uh, available to witness have you experienced that the energies the bouncing of energy off of you and seeing others oh so much and and that's i think that's especially true with concerts in general and that that's what i gravitate towards is you've got a mass of electromagnetics, you know, little human beings that are all their own little electromagnetic battery responding in in real time to musicians on stage creating an electromagnetic field. I mean, this is my scientific brain saying all this, but it's it's a pool of energy. And to be a part of that, I think is very healing. I think one of my most one of my most healing experiences, I went and saw a Beatles tribute act a long time ago and everybody knew the words and, and you're in this crowd of 500 people, everybody's singing the same thing. And it's like, what a powerful, deep experience that is this last weekend, you know, you know, but we, we were we were in the throng of people tripping and having a great time. And then we stepped out and, and looked all around us at the crowd and everybody's focused on the stage. And it's it's almost you can't you can't not be in that energy field and it's palpable and very unlike anything that's that's that you get to experience in the day-to-day 
American cultural life, I think. It's well said. Is there a way that you stay tethered? So I can also imagine being in the collective, being consumed uh-huh. by the energy, being consumed by dosing a significant amount on LSD. How does one, how does yourself stay both with one foot anchored. in and one foot out anchored? Yeah. Um, so there's two parts of that question I hear is the anchored psychically kind of like, I still want to be myself. I don't want to lose myself. I don't deal so much with the anxiety of that, but there is a part of me that wants to stay tethered to the quote unquote real world. You know, I've got like my little OCD patterns and habits that I like to do, you know, I prepare my food a certain way. I do this a certain way and it can be a little, a little terrifying to be on this trip. That's, that's basically taking your brain and shaking it up a little bit and you're in the unknown. So when I go out on a trip, I really, I have to have tethers and one big thing for me is is food having having my meals prepped and planned and and i've gotten better at this over the years of you know prepping and planning meals so i can keep myself nourished that's really important having a nice safe home base that's a good place to go back to that you know you want to see the show you want to have a good time but sometimes things get in the way and you Like, let's just go back to home base and sit and you have a good time at home base. I also, and some, and the the last one, and you know, there's other, there's there's other tethers I have of like a good friend, a good tether, you know, someone that understands you and can, and be like, look at you and be like, ah, I see you're starting to, to slip a little bit where you're unraveling. (laughs) Yeah. You're unraveling and they can see it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm good. I'm good at seeing what I'm unraveling and seeing what I need. I I really like if I'm going out taking peanut M&Ms with me, because inevitably you're two hours into a trip, your blood sugar drops. And that influences your mind a little bit. And you're like, whoa. So I always have peanut M&Ms. It gives me a little sugar, a little protein, just to kind of like, oh, okay, we're still going good. We got that water. And then while I do, while I do see value in that, in quote unquote, bad trips or difficult trips, and I'll try and work through those as well as I can, I think it's, it's really valuable to have, and and, and me, I, I suffer from, from panic and OCD or those, those, those symptoms I have inside me. So I, I like to carry around some kind of a, a benzo just something small in case I am feeling like I'm losing control. And and this was more when I was younger and I feel like I was going off the rails and I was unraveling. And that brought me back to a flatline stability. And it's, and it's not something I'd recommend to like, oh, I'm just going to take this to cure all my problems. But I think, you know, what we've talked about healing trauma non-traumatically, if I get in a fight or flight position and I'm tripping, there's no healing that can be done there. It's 
because you're in fight or flight. You're, you're, you're overcome by that. And all you want to do is, is have comfort. And that fight or flight almost works against you in finding your tethers. So if I can take a little something to ease that edge and then find some tethers, I can be okay. And, and that's, that's a nice thing I think to keep in your back pocket, just in case shit hits the fan. (laughs) I totally appreciate the practical tethers that you do. One thing that just occurred to me is have you seen a radical transformation by using psychedelics in the world of festivals to heal or soften your edges around symptoms of OCD and panic attacks and anxiety? Yes. Yeah. You say yes. that quickly. Tell me more. I want I want to hear the emotions. Oh man. It's I mean, you know, it's been it's it's been a good I'd say 10 years where I've been heavily experimenting and I feel like each trip, you know, you, you plan your trip and you're going to go do this and see this thing and do that. And it ends up completely different and you learn something from it in, in specifically to OCD. And I think, I think it's helped. I think it's, it's, it's changed my view on OCD a lot. It's given me a little more comfort in, in, in being less ashamed of my mental states so i can be okay and and know like okay this is what i need to do but i also you know when i'm when i'm taking dose it like i said earlier it does little little mix up of your head and i start craving different foods because food is a huge thing for me and i i have I have a lot of difficulty. I'm a kind of a picky eater. So when I dose, it just opens up a whole new world of getting to look at foods in, in a new way again. And, and that very stereotypical, like I'm a child again, mentality, it brings you back to, and then I can, I can, you know, you know, sample a little something different, a little something that I don't, I don't know how to quite put it into words, but it gives me a little more fluidity in my thought pattern. It's beautifully said. Anchoring. I hear you saying a lot of deep, deep reverence and respect for yourself to meet you. I'm so appreciative that you made the comment of accepting your mental health and your mental state and appreciating it, especially when it comes to OCD, you're able to honor yourself rather than shame yourself. And I think that's the first step in healing is being like, I'm okay with this. Because once I was able to say, I'm okay with this and, and then bring it like to my current partner, she has been amazing with how she's been able to not help me, but just be there for me. And I would never have been able to get that healing and helping if I wouldn't have accepted it in myself and been able to express it. And then now we're at a festival, like looking at foods and comparing foods and I'm trying new things and stuff. And it, it's a lot, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm hearing, which I, love is you're embodying it and experiencing it by doing it rather than just oh 
maybe this would work. You're actually embodying it and putting yourself out there in the world of, okay, I'm going to try these foods. I'm going to explore getting dirty. I can imagine. Oh, yes. Just feels the idea of being in a tent, being dirty for two days, three days and upwards. It's like OCD is right in my face. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I've totally forgotten about because it's when I, you know, 10 years ago when I go to festivals, it was like there was a constant sandpaper on my skin. That's what it felt like because I was dirty. My hands, I couldn't wash my hands. And then when I when I take mushrooms or acid, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's just part of my hand. And I was okay with it. It's just part of my hands. It's just part of the world. And I love that you brought it up because over the years, as I've done this over and over again, um, it, it cements that idea in my head. And now when I go to a festival, I don't have to necessarily take psychedelics to feel that ease with the dirt. Now, all of a sudden, my brain's like, oh, I've, we've been here before. I remember this. Let's, we can just kick back and chill and be dirty. It's kind of like you're, you're reprogramming yourself. And, and what, you know, I think it's good to have those good experiences to reprogram yourself. The scariest thing and yet the most beneficial is that reprogramming the cellular nervous system. And as you said, you don't even have to be dosing. You just remember the senses, the smells, the tastes, the feelings. Yep, completely. Mr. Fungus, what's on the psychedelic horizon for you as summer is entering and what's the game plan? I'm doing more festivals. I really like music. I just want to keep trucking away at that. It's It's been really nice with my new partner watching, kind of introducing her to some psychedelics and reliving when I was a little younger and first being introduced to those. So pause, tell me a little bit about how, how are you doing that consensually and respectfully for someone that's newer and you have the lineage that you have, what's your entry point for a conversation like that? My entry point is trust. That's the first entry point, making sure there's communication that goes on before a trip to lay the groundwork to be like and especially i mean with a friend there's a lot with a partner it's even more because there's so many social obstacles and and pitfalls so talking talking about talking about the trip about what could possibly come up and what you do in that circumstance there's that aspect of it that i think is really important i think this pays reverence to the the psychedelic too and then also with, with my partner, it, you know, I, I like to do titration and slow come-ups. So for them, I'll prepare like a microdose solution. It's not quite microdose, a little more so something like 10 to 1, 10 drops of like grain alcohol to one drop of liquid LSD. And then they can take two drops, one drop, three drops, and kind of slowly walk into the woods, you know, and just kind of teeter there and, and then come back from that. And we talk about it. And then, you know, the next time maybe go a little bit further and, 
just treating it with care and gentleness. You say gentleness and you know, I often end my conversations with gentleness. <laughs> you're rubbing the titration, up on You're right. Yeah. The titration is super important though. That, that ability to have a, a little looser grip is what I'm hearing from you. You don't have to go hard and fast. And, and that, I think that's what scares a lot of people about acid in particular is that you're given a piece of paper and it's one dose. And it's like, well, what if I just want to do a little bit? It's like, you know, I think it's really important to to be able to titrate it. And, and in the past, I've done like just the the alcohol, like I said, or I've dropped a, a little bit on a sugar cube and dissolved the sugar cube in water. And then you can kind of sip on that through the day. Because I think what a lot of people get afraid of is that zero to 60. All of a sudden, you're, you're sober and then... 10 minutes later, you're tripping face and that's terrifying. It's like your first time driving going onto the freeway. It's like, whoa, these cars are going super fast. That's a good analogy. It's a really great way to put it. And so the summer unfolds and you walk with it. And how are you integrating these experiences and what do you do to take them back to your homeostasis? I, I don't make too much of a concentrated effort I mean to to bring them back as much as they just come back with me and then I just like sit and notice like when I like this last festival I went to and the weather changed and now it's like summer and it was beforehand but not quite summer yet and now I'm back and I'm like well crap tank tops are on shoes are off I'm feeling dirty and the windows are open. Like, so I, I bring it back with me, but I don't intentionally do it. Just kind of follows me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing what you can bring back from Portugal on a festival, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and that's true. Travel wherever you go, you bring back a little bit of the culture with you. And just, I guess, noticing it and appreciating it when I notice it. It's very, very, yeah, very, very a yogi, maybe, maybe Buddhist where you're just kind of noticing things. It says a lot to go into the nuances with psychedelics. The nuances, just noticing it doesn't have to be the radical, as we talked about, traumatic. It doesn't have to be these aha moments that are alarming that shake us to the core, they can be super subtle. Yeah, I, a traumatic experience will will stick with you forever, but also a good experience that you continually, continue, continually reflect back on will stick with you forever. Can't say it better. Mr. Fungus, it's been so nice to hear your story. And as Thank always, you. yeah, as always. Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle Well, be gentle as you can under the influence of significant LSD. There are some reports that there are over 30 million people a year trying psychedelics for the first time. 
actively engaging and intentionally using these compounds. It is for that reason I highly encourage a mindset of harm reduction, safe set and setting, and a deep connection to support. Being safe, understanding, and most of all, being gentle.